What is good, everyone? We are on episode number 30 of Truth in Love. That's right. Here at Truth in Love, we always talk about the first, fifth, and tenth amendment at the beginning of every episode. But before we always do that, we give credit to Fritz Springmeier, Cisco Wheeler, Joseph Doc Marquis, Richard Bennett, and many others who have are Christians and have brought forward this in-depth research that uh, has done some damage, as in some people have died bringing the information. Uh, none of the people that we're crediting. <laughs> Joseph Doc Marquis did pass away in 2018, natural causes. Uh, but those that do come forward with the information are either born or adopted into the illustrious council. And it's interesting how a vast majority of them, almost all of them, 95 to 99% of them, are turned to Christ and recognize that he has died on the cross, rose three days later, and that his blood was shed once and for all. Instead of having to drink human blood and eating their penal glands, that's disgusting, uh, which is what the illustrious council does. But that's what we believe. We believe that Jesus Christ, Yeshua, uh, Mashiach is Lord and Savior. We're not here to press our faith and beliefs upon anybody. We're just here to state the facts with people's stories and where they come from. But of course, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about the Reynolds family. Yes, that is correct. We are now going to be on. Not Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> No, no, no. But we will talk a little bit about Debbie Reynolds, Carrie Fisher's mother. And then, of course, we're going to go into their, the background of the Reynolds, why they're so important, how prevalent they are today out of that importance. And, of course, give you tips on long-term generational wealth. Without further ado, the First Amendment states Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, or prohibiting the free exercise thereof, or bridging the freedom of speech, or of the press, or the right of the people peaceably to assemble, and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Amendment number five. No person shall be held to answer for a capital or otherwise infamous crime, unless on a presentment or indictment of a grand jury, except in cases arising in the land or naval forces, or in the militia, when in actual service in time of war or public danger, nor shall any person be subject for the same offense to be twice put in jeopardy of life or limb, nor shall be compelled in any criminal case to be a witness against himself, nor be deprived of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor shall private property be taken for public use without just compensation. And of course, Amendment number 10 ensures lawful intent of the Constitution. Because Amendment number 10 states the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited by it to the states, are reserved to the states respectively, or to the people. We, the people, have the right and say so over how this country goes, how it forms, and how we take course of action. Okay? Not the elites. Not the satanic elite, <laughs> not 
the career politicians, not the lobbyists, not the Senate, not the House, okay? Not even the big brand name businesses, which are connected to the elites. But of course, that is where we're at, and we're fighting to get rid of that. And the best way is following his story, which is why we're going to go into history on the Reynolds bloodline. Yes. Okay, so our first subject is the Reynolds are a very elite, illustrious council family. Now, the Reynolds family is not one of the 13 primary bloodlines, but they are such a prominent, illustrious council family within the 13 bloodlines. We've decided to single them out for another section on the illustrious council bloodlines, which is this podcast. Now, although the Reynolds are allied with many of their major satanic bloodlines, including the Rothschilds, the DuPonts, the Rockefellers, the Graces, and the Greys, they're especially close and intertwined to the Duke and Coleman families. One example of Duke Reynold joint project is the Research Triangle Foundation. And it should be remembered that the Temporary National Economic Committee of Congress in 1937, which studied the super-rich, found that the Dukes and Reynolds are among the top 13 wealthiest families in America. Further, research at one place or another has shown that the Reynolds of the illustrious council variety have interacted with all of the other major satanic bloodlines. These elite birds of a feather all flock together. Our next subject, occult books by Reynolds. Some of the Reynolds family have written occult books. Now, we don't know all the people mentioned in our related section on this topic, but some or all of these people may relate to the satanic Reynolds bloodline. One of the important ecumenical Christian leaders is Frank E. Reynolds, who is an American Baptist minister, ordained in 1955, program director, student Christian center, Bangkok, Thailand, minister for Chicago ecumenical ministries from 1961 to 1964. Frank E. Reynolds has been trying to introduce Buddhism to America. He and his wife, Manny, have written a number of books to introduce and teach Buddhism to Americans. Many of the Reynolds have even been Episcopalians. Remember the Episcopalian church is run by Freemasons and is thoroughly sold out to the occult. One of my, well, excuse me, not mine. <laughs> One of Fritz Springmeier's monarch survivors vividly recalls a human sacrifice done at the altar of an Episcopalian church. Now, anyway... Getting back to the names of some of the Reynolds who have written occult books here is the list. We have Barrio Gordon Robert Reynolds, author of Magic, Divination, and Witchcraft, Witchcraft Among the Bar Baratos of Northern Rhodesia, which came out in 1963. Charles R. Reynolds with Regina Reynolds, author's 100 Years of Magic Posters, 1977. David K.R. Reynolds, author of Nikon Psychotherapy, Meditation for Self-Development, published by Chicago Press. Denise A.R. Reynolds, Sensitive Thoughts for the New Wave Soul, 
Manny R. Reynolds with her husband. Three Worlds According to King Ruana, a Thai Buddhist cosmology. Frank E. Reynolds, Guide to Buddhist Religion. Jane Reynolds, Cosmobiology. Lloyd J.K. Reynolds, My Dear Runemeister, A Voyage Through the Alphabet. Our next subject, Overview of the Financial Interests of the Reynolds. Before we get into the nitty-gritty, let's take a quick overview of the Reynolds' financial interests. Okay, much of the family's money has been well hidden behind fronts, holding companies, and so forth. The Satanists of the Reynolds family have been involved in high-level drug dealing during this century. They have also had some important and major interests in banking, tobacco, and aluminum. It seems like a fair number have gotten into the mortuary cremation business, which is great assistance for cremation after rituals involving human sacrifice. Uh, the financial interests of the Reynolds seem to be strongest in the Middle South, and strong in both Virginia and North Carolina. Now, the Reynolds' financial interests are so tightly woven in with the Colemans and Dukes, that we'll have to deal with all three families together at a later time that we'll go over. A few years ago, the financial heads of the three families were as follows. Angier Biddle Duke, Richard S. Reynolds Jr., and Joseph F. Coleman. The third. All were members of the Pilgrim Society. It's possible that the family also has some type of secret and spiritual hierarchy too. If so, it might follow along the lines of the top 13 families which have kings and princes and princesses and so on of their bloodlines. Richard S. Reynolds, Jr. has been a board chairman of Robert Shaw Controls Company, which has a stranglehold monopoly on manufacturing car thermostats and other car parts. The big three American auto manufacturers all buy from Robert Shaw Controls Company, but then since all three of the American auto manufacturers are illustrious council controlled, they likely don't care that the Reynolds family has such a stranglehold on them. Cadence, which own theaters and has published occult comic books like the series Journey into Mystery with the Mighty Thor, is also tied to the Reynolds family. Cadence promotes the occult while making money. What American doesn't know what Reynolds rap is? The Reynolds name is well-known household name, just like DuPont Paints or the Rockefeller Center, or the Waldorf Astoria are well-known American item na items named after illustrious council families. The Reynolds family controls several aluminum companies, which form a large part of the illustrious council-controlled aluminum cartel. The Mellon family works with the Reynolds and the aluminum cartel and various illustrious council families also have their hands in the management of the aluminum industry. Our next subject, the tobacco-drug connection. Now, the Reynolds family is behind the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company, C. Boyd and Gray of the Satanic Gray, which is both the with an E and an A for Gray, 
The Gray family is heir to the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. But let's not sidetrack you. The Reynolds family still has financial interests and power in the company. If we remember previously about the 13 illustrious council families, specifically the Astor family, the Onassis family, and the Lee family, we'll remember some of the details that will help understand the secret illegal drug trade that the Reynolds got involved in. Um, the British elite got involved in shipping opium. The elite families got monopoly, excuse me, <laughs> monopolies on the opium trade. The British Empire's military might and political clout was used to force China to allow the opium trade. Can you believe that? British blaming the, the Chinese for drugs, and yet the British are the ones that started the Chinese heroin trade. It was technically opium first, but then heroin. Before the communists took over China, the British illustrious council families hid their opium trade behind the cover of the British American Tobacco Company. Later, the Red Chinese would hide their opium trading behind the same front tobacco, which their state-run People's Republic of China Tobacco Bureau. In fact, the Red Chinese opium trade was controlled by another Illuminatus, the PR President Li Jianyan, or Jianyan. So Li Jianyan is from the occult Li family, who are proud that they are the leading Oriental satanic family. President Li, a drug lord, was finance minister of Red China from 1957 to 1975. He sold so much opium to the West that he was able to help Red China pay off her debts, and he was nicknamed the Money God. Now, R.J. Reynolds was a partner with British American Tobacco Company and was also involved in trading in opium for years. R.J. Reynolds was also involved in the rigidly controlled tobacco industry. We have reasons to suspect that the family later got involved with running cocaine. Now, Nassus also hid his early drug smuggling behind tobacco importing. The Dukes controlled Liguette and Myers tobacco via their Duke Endowment, a family foundation. The Colemans are known for their Miller Brewing Company. Yes, that's right, Miller Beer. And I'm going to be the one to say this on here, Miller Beer sucks. <laughs> I've had it, it's nasty. Sorry if anybody listening loves to drink Miller beer. You're drinking some satanic. <laughs> you're drinking some satanic uh, piss there. But anyway, going moving on. The Coleman fortune was originally derived via a tobacco company. The Duke family, via underhanded tactics, put together a monopoly of the tobacco industry called the American Tobacco Company. Later, they merged and bought out 88 tobacco companies, and the, and the capitalization of the company was $235 million prior to 1911. The Supreme Court made the American Tobacco Company dissolve since it had created an illegal monopoly. However, the Dukes rearranged things and kept on going. Now, the Dukes intermarried with the Biddies, or the, excuse me, the Biddles, who worked with the Rothschilds. 
The dukes also intermarried with the Drexels, who in turn intermarried with the Harrimans and Go Goods, or Goods. Nicholas Biddle, 1879 to 1923, was a trustee of the illustrious councilman William Astor of the top 13 illustrious council family of Astors. Some of the Biddles intermarried with the Astors, the illustrious council family too. Small world at the top. Researcher Ferdinand Lundberg, in his book, America's Sixty Families, states on page 36, the Morgan firm and its affiliated commercial banks act broadly on behalf of such tremendous accumulations as those of the Vanderbilts, Goods, Drexels, Wideners, Berwins, Phipsies, Hills, Dukes, Ryans, McCormicks, Bakers, DuPonts, Fishers, Jameses, and others. Now let's go to our connections to illustrious council organizations. Many of the illustrious council organizations which we have exposed have had members from the Reynolds family. So here's are some of the examples. Cosmo Club, Joseph Melvin Reynolds, Lloyd George Reynolds, Council of, on Foreign Relations, the CFR, A. William Reynolds, Pilgrim Society, Richard S. Reynolds Jr., 33rd Degree Masons, there's Harmon Gonsvort Reynolds and Marshall S. Reynolds. 32nd Degree Masons would be Arthur Rowley Reynolds, Ben Phillips Reynolds, Charles Philip Reynolds, Charles Shaw Reynolds, Erwin James Reynolds, Isaac Reynolds, Harry Edwards Reynolds, Henry James Reynolds, John C. Reynolds, Deputy Grand Sec Secretary of Grand Lodge of Illinois, here are the Knights Templar Masons, and these three names, these three Knights Templar names, all come from just one lodge in New York, Jerusalem Chapter 2, Number 8. Alex Reynolds, J. Hyatt Reynolds, T. Spaulding, Spaulding Reynolds. Knights of Malta, John Charles Reynolds, who worked for the Graces as a communications executive, trustee of the Presbyterian Hotel excuse me, hospital in San Juan. Now let's move on to the foundations and connections. The Dukes and Reynolds used tax-free foundations as a vehicle to escape taxes and hide their wealth while, mine, while maintaining their financial power. And it's legal to hide your... Okay, so here's the thing about <laughs> taxes. Um... Tax evasion is a crime. Tax avoidance is legal. Tax evasion is where you completely evade paying taxes. You, you're not going to pay it. Tax avoidance is where you don't pay it legally. The law is set up that way. Well, that's, what it, that's how they're able to do that. Tax avoidance from tax evasion. Now, things have changed since that time, since, you know, when that whole thing blew up about the politicians and big business owners and whatnot. But it still happens. Anyway, moving on to the other illustrious council families also used the foundations as a scheme to remain powerful and to resist paying taxes. And of course, they're going to do that too. <laughs> so don't do that. Just avoid legally paying taxes as much as possible. Just don't be like them.
because then they're going to come down on you and take half or three quarters. But anyway, the controlled press builds them up as charitable when most of the grants by these foundations are self-serving for the benefit of the, the elite. Uh, some of these foundations are the Z. Smith Reynolds Foundation, established in 1936 in North Carolina, the Kate B. Reynolds Foundation, established in 1946 in North Carolina, the Richard S. Reynolds Foundation, established in 1955 in Virginia, and the Mary Reynolds Babcock Foundation and the Duke Endowment, address at Rockefeller Plaza, New York. All of these foundations work for the illustrious council. The Donald W. Reynolds Foundation, established in 1954 in Nevada and then moved to Arkansas, might also be connected to the elite, but we don't know that for sure. Now, the Kate B. Reynolds Healthcare Trust provides another example of a liaison between the Duke and Reynolds families. John A. McMahon, a Duke University grad, served as both chairman of the board of trustees of Duke University and since 1971 as a member of the advisory board of the Kate B. Reynolds Healthcare Trust. Here's an example of a single man working for the interests of both the Dukes and the Reynolds. We have Edwin C. Whithead, chairman of Technicon Corporation, serves as a similar example of a man working for both Duke and Rockefeller interests. Now, Whitehead is a trustee of both Duke University and Rockefeller University. He's also been in charge of several New World Order organizations promoting a one world. For instance, he was governor of the UN Association. This podcast will now describe some of the grants, yes, that's right, the grants, that these foundations make. We'll ask you, do you see this, do you see any possibility for any mischief behind these grants? What I noticed about the Reynolds grants is that they control all the crisis centers in the North Carolina area via their money. This means any survivor of SRA, which is Satanic Ritual Abuse, calling a hotline is going to get tapped into the Illustrious Council's net for catching escapees. We also noticed that all the colleges and universities got money and a variety of different denominations, including Baptists, the Methodists, the non-denominationalists, the Presbyterians, and Ecumenalists. What surprised us is that the number of government agencies get money from the Reynolds Foundations, especially those during especially those dealing with children like social services, and even police departments get money from the Reynolds Foundations. In 1984, the Z. Smith Reynolds Foundation in North Carolina gave money to these following organizations. It's not the full list, but here's a, a majority. Kataba College, 75000 Chapel Hill Police Department, 37500 Child Watch, 25000 Contact of Winston-Salem, Crisis Counseling Service, 15000 Council on Drug Abuse, 27000 Elizabeth City State University, 50000 Family and Children's Service of Greater Greensboro, they deal with rape and family abuse, 5000 Friends of Public Radio, 25000 Note they even want to control public radio when that's going into social media, so yes, they'll be on the social media as well. General Baptist State Convention of North Carolina, 85000 Mars Hill College, 30000 Meredith College, $9,360. A 
Montreal Anderson College, 17,280. Moses H. Cohn Memorial Hospital, 31,000. North Carolina Center for Public Policy Research, $225,200. North Carolina Department of Human Services, Foster Homes, 12,000. North Carolina Department of Natural, Sur Natural Resources, 30,000. Another department in North Carolina Public Instruction, 103,000. North Carolina's Hospital Education and Research Foundation, 50,213. North Carolina Justice Academy, 10,000. North Carolina School Boards Association, 7,500. Other banks, hotline. Crisis Counseling, 5,000. Pitt County Memorial Hospital, 35,000. Planned Parenthood of Greater Raleigh, 15,000. Illustrious Council Foundations have been the big support behind Planned Parenthood. The Anduin family was tied to Planned Parenthood in New York, and we went upon how they how the Vanduins started Planned Parenthood. Uh, Planned Parenthood of Orange County, fifteen thousand. Religious Coalition for Abortion Rights Education Fund, ten thousand five hundred. Rowan Cooperative Christian Ministry, fifteen thousand. Saint Mary's Episcopal Church, ten thousand. Salvation Army of Waynesville, twenty thousand. University of North Carolina, two hundred thirty-three thousand two hundred sixty-five dollars. Western North Carolina American Methodist Episcopalian Zion Church, twenty-five thousand. YMCA of Winston Salem, three hundred thousand. That was nineteen eighty-four. Not all of them, vast majority. Now, in nineteen eighty-nine, there were more grants of a similar nature. The following are just by the Z. Smith Reynolds Foundation in nineteen eighty-nine. We picked just a few to list so that. And get an idea of the breadth of their grants to religious bodies and child protective groups. How there's advocates for children in court, twenty-five thousand child care resources, forty thousand Duke UNC Center for Research on Women, sixty thousand Ebenezer Baptist Church, eight thousand First Baptist Church, fifteen thousand God's Harvest House of Deliverance Church, ten thousand four dollars. Metropolitan AME Zion Church, $27,100. National Conference of Christians and Jews, $5,000. The Illustrious Council have always well financed this organization, National Conference of Christians and Jews. Rape Crisis Center, Asheville, North Carolina, $20,000. Religious Coalition for Abortion Rights Education Fund, $7,500. St. Andrew's Presbyterian College, $50,000. Women's Abuse Shelter, 15000 I don't want to take more time and space with listing foundation failures, but we hope you understand the picture of how these foundations are able to control society for the Illustrious Council. We see government agencies, especially the ones that the Illustrious Council would want to make sure they controlled, are well supported financially. People who live in the Carolinas and Virginia report that the corruption in those states is absolute. Now more openly in Washington, Oregon, and Minnesota. Now these statistics, oh, and California is ranking up as their, as well, their governor. But these statistics give some facts behind those statements. One organization receiving money above deserves exposure, which is the Drug Abuse Council, or Council on Drug Abuse, has been headed by an illustrious councilman and Pilgrim Society member, Bethwell M. Webster. R.J. Reynolds Industry is our next section. R.J. Reynolds Industries of Winston-Salem, North Carolina, had an annual sales of over $6 billion. 
and 37,000 employees. We have the 1976 profit figure for the company was $353 million. However, we don't know what the current figure is today. The public thinks that the shares are widely held by the public, while in reality, the control is very narrow, which is like the um, Fortune 500 companies and the uh, US 30. <laughs> now, the rentals are or were careful when their stocks went on the market to retain this secret control. RJ Reynolds Industries chairman was Colin Stokes. Colin Stokes, who is he? Well, Colin Stokes is an interesting person who works for the Reynolds. He was a member of Kiwanis International and a director of several key things. Director of Winston-Salem Savings and Loan and Tagon Corporation and NCNB Corporation, which is the bank holding company of North Carolina National Bank. The NCNB, which at one time had assets of $4.647 billion, which it's definitely more now, has been the largest of the Middle South banks and is a key component of the Reynold Duke Coleman clique. From 1958 to 1964, Stokes was a director of the William and Kate B. Reynolds Memorial Park, Park and further serves the Reynolds as trustee of the Wake Forest University. Another interesting liaison for the person, or excuse me, liaison person for the Reynolds has been J.P. Stitched, a director of Ray R.J. Reynolds, who has acted as a liaison between the Reynolds, Duke, and Rockefeller dynasties. Sticht is a member of Rockefeller University Council and a member of the Board of Visitors to Duke University. Leighton Hammond Coleman, who is in the illustrious council for the Satanic Coleman family, also sits as Emeritus Director of R.J. Reynolds Industries. His father and him both belong to the Pilgrim Society, which is a level above the CFR and the illustrious council political section. His father was a director of the corrupt American-Russian Chamber of Commerce, which has been previously exposed in other episodes. Uh, what we can look at here is why R.J. Reynolds Industries has been one of the top companies trading with communist Russia in the past. Another director of R.J. Reynolds Industries is John D. McComer, a 1950 Yale graduate. We don't know if he belonged to one of the illustrious council's five fraternities at Yale or not, but McComer married into the illustrious council Morgan family and is a member of the Pilgrim Society. Besides being a director for Lee, Reynolds, he serves the Rockefellers as a director of Chase Manhattan. He's also director of Norlin Corporation. Gordon Gray of the Satanic Gray, which with the A, of the Satanic Gray family also sits on the Lee Reynolds board. Now, both Gordon Gray and John McComer belong to the CFR. Gray also went to Yale, 1933 grad, and was the triangle broadcasting run by Pilgrim Society member Walter H. Annenberg, or Annenberg, who is close to being a billionaire. As you can see, some heavy-duty illustrious councilmen direct Lee, Reynolds Industries. Gray, a member of the CFR, also served as a liaison to the Corcoran financial interests. 
Who is the Corcorans? Well, William W. Corcoran was a corrupt Washington banker who had a lily, white lily in the front. Corcoran bribed the chairman of the House Ways and Means Committee so that he could illegally profit a half million dollars for being the middleman of the transaction for the U.S. paying off its debt to Mexico for lands taken during the Mexican War. You can see this in the reports of committees, 33rd Congress, first session, volume III, number 3544. So there's a space in between 354 and 4. The U.S. did not need a middleman to pay off Mexico, but due to corruption in Congress, Corcoran was able to make a bundle of money with no effort. Briggs Bank is associated with the Corcoran fortune. Ah, sounds a lot like Obamagate. <laughs> CFR and Yale grad and Pilgrim Society member William McChenzie Martin Jr. was worked for Riggs National Bank as their advisor. Uh, the multitude of connections of the people serving the Reynolds to the elite are mind-boggling. Many of the institutions in the Middle South connect, to a, connect back to the illustrious council and their front organizations such as the Freemasons and the Chamber of Com Chambers of Commerce, the CFR, and so on. Uh, some of the companies that R.J. Reynolds Industries interlocks with are Arista Company, Avon Products, Charlotte North Carolina branch of the Federal Reserve Bank of Richmond, Dunn and Broad Street Companies, Foremost McKeeson Incorporated, Hatteras Income Securities, Hayes Albion Corporation, Jefferson Pilot Corporation, McLean Industries, Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance, Perkin Elmer Corporation, Richardson Merrill Incorporated, South Carolina Johnson & Sons Incorporated, Southern Broadcasting Incorporated, Standard Oil Corporate Company of Indiana, Standard Savings and Loan, Stauffer Chemical Company, United States Filter Corporation, United States Steel Corporation, Wachovia Corporation. Yes, all those. It's doubtful if this is the current information, but needless to say, Lee Family and Reynolds Industries today interlocks with many other corporations. That's just uh, the few list. But our next subject is other Reynolds Duke companies. The Reynolds Metals Company, notice we wrote Metals Company, interlocks with a large number of companies too. The Reynolds Metals Company has had most of its directors from the Reynolds family. Now, recently, four were on the board of directors, and one was the company treasurer. One of the companies that the Reynolds Metals Company interlocks with is the Bank of Virginia. The Bank of Virginia, in turn, interlocks with a long list of companies. A large share of these companies have directors that tie it back to the elite. Some of the, these corporations have directors who are pilgrim, or excuse me, are members of the Pilgrim Society. Others are with the illustrious council organizations. If the entire set of interlocks and their directors were exposed, it might have an emotional impact on some individuals. But it gets wearisome to the eyes to be stressed with so many lists, so we'll dispense with listing other interlocks. Terry Sanford, who has worked for the Duke family as a director of the American Arbitration Association, which is an illustrious council front. The Astor family is represented in the AAA by David W. Peck. Terry Stanford has been an FBI agent, 
is the former governor of North Carolina and president of Duke University. Stanford is also chairman of the Cordell Hull Foundation for International Education, which had another Duke Reynolds henchman, W. Colby. Colverd also has been an advisor to the illustrious council-controlled Kellogg Foundation of Battle Creek, Michigan. Yeah, so you stay, stay away from the Kellogg Foundation breakfast section. <laughs> Reynolds Securities in the New York has been run by William Christian Miller, a member of the Pilgrim Society. William Christian Miller, an Illuminatist, has sat on the board of many corporations. Richard S. Reynolds Jr. of the Illustrious Council has sat on the board of Central National of Richmond Corporation, which is a holding company for the Central Bank of Richmond. His younger brother, David, has sat on the board of United Virginia Bank Shares Board. Hugh Coleman is the director of the United Virginia Bank Shares. Hugh's cousin is in the Pilgrim Society. He was also president of Philip Moms Incorporated, Richmond Corporated, excuse me, Richmond Corporation and Foreign Policy Association, and the International Chamber of Commerce. Also working with him on the board of United Virginia Bank Shares has been Herbert Stein, a director of Reynolds Metals Company. Stein also worked for L.F. Rothschild and company as a consultant from 1976 onward. Another director working for Stein, David Reynolds, and Hugh Coleman is Kenneth A. Randall, a Mormon. Kenneth A. Randall is a trustee of the Rockefellers Council of the Americas and works with various illustrious council members at other places too. Some of the Reynolds are Mormons. George Reynolds wrote commentary on the Book of Mormon and commentary on the Pearl of Great Price. Eskimo Pie Company is just one of the many that the Reynolds have controlled. Julian Luis Reynolds is on both the boards of Metals Company and Eskimo Pie Company. And of course, lastly, here are some note Reynolds of note. Mrs. M.N. Reynolds Forsyth, officer of Richard S. Reynolds Foundation, A. William Reynolds, CFR, Billy I. Reynolds, scriptwriter for television and radio, Methodist, lives in Virginia. Dana Drummond Reynolds worked in worked with UN Symposium for New International Economist Order in 1979, member of World Future Society, advisor for USAM to Libya, extension training advisor to Afghanistan, worked for ABC Network from 1947 to 48, member of Planetary Citizens and New Age Globalist Group, Kappa Tau Alpha. Center for Study Democracy went to George Washington University on top of that. David Parham Reynolds is director of Reynolds Metal Company, Reynolds Aluminum Sales Company, Eskimo Pie Company, Reynolds Jamaica Mines, LTD, Presbyterian Living in Richmond, Virginia. Debbie Reynolds, original name Mary Frances Reynolds, movie actress, had the Debbie Reynolds show, mother of Carrie Fisher. Yes, that's the only part of Debbie Reynolds we're going over. Donald Worthington Reynolds, owner of six radio stations and a newspaper book publisher, lives in Ark. Excuse me, Arkansas. <laughs> J. Beckley Reynolds, senior of directors of Billy Graham Evangelical Association in Canada. John W. Reynolds, federal judge. Joseph Allen Reynolds, Jr., is a banker and member of several 
<clears throat> excuse me, fraternities and is Episcopalian. We also have Joseph Melvin Reynolds. He's a member of Cosmos Club. Physicist, university official, graduate from Vanderbilt University in 48 and Yale 47. Julian, Julian uh, Lewis Reynolds. Libby Hol Holman Reynolds, chief donor of the Christopher Reynolds Foundation. Lloyd George Reynolds is an economist, economic professor for Yale from 1946 to 1947, Guggenheim Fellow from 1954 to has a son, Robert Gray Reynolds, a banker, director of Dominion National Bank, Virginia, and Episcopalian. We have Richard S. Reynolds, Jr., so of the Pilgrim Society. We have Russell Seaman Reynolds, Jr., who's president of Russell Reynolds Association. Uh, Yale well, graduated Yale in 1954, an important figure in the Republican Party, on advisory board for Greater New York's Salvation Army, worked for at least two Morgan companies, J.P. Morgan and Morgan Guarantee, and likes yachting, social, or excuse me, Society of Colonial Wars, an elite organization. We have William Francis Reynolds, born in Boston, married to Fitzgerald, Harvard, uh, graduated Harvard in 1951, and an instructor at MIT. And lastly, William Glasgow Reynolds, lawyer, judge, government employee, married Nancy Bradford, Bradford DuPont, Worked for E.I. DuPont, de Numors and Company from 1935 to 1971. Member, of the community, a law school in Vanderbilt University. Episcopalian, and wrote a history book on the Reynolds. And that is the end of the history of the top illustrious council families. And we are going to be moving on to season two. Yes, we are finally done with season one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're going to go into season two, which is going to be a mix of some things, but we are going to talk about FEMA first and how that applies to um, our demise that we have to really look out, out for over everything else, because this is the one, one key thing that they're attacking with. So without further ado, we're going to finish off with our long-term generational wealth, but we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. Stay right tuned. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, folks. Do appreciate everyone staying tuned and listening to this awesome free content. Do appreciate everyone listening in. But of course, we're going to talk about economic patterns of the elite. As our disclaimer, we are not licensed financial advisors. We are not licensed attorneys. We are not licensed asset protection specialists. We are not licensed tax attorneys, and we are not licensed tax accountants. So please, if you do have anything that has to deal with anything specific of getting your finances taken care of, go to your specialist. We're here to save you time so you can learn how to build long-term gener generational wealth, learning how the concept works. Without further ado, of course, we're going to bring up Alcoa Corporation. Stock symbol is AA, that's double A, <laughs> not the battery. But previous three weeks ago, it was at $12.91 a share. And 
as of today, it went back up. And it was crazy. Went up to $14.39 a share. It's gone up. These these guys are going up, we're telling you. We're talking about the ones that are long-term generational wealth stocks, the ones that you hold and sit for a while. It's not just the exchange-traded funds, which are a lot of them uh, tax-free. You just got to get the taxing right on them. Now, what's really going to help out when we reorganize and reform our government because a lot of people are focused on, hey, what do we got to do to get these people down? Well, that's great because we'll, we, we have that information, but we need to know how to reorganize ourselves back into more stability. So that would be court organization. So that means, <laughs> because what's, what's being a mix right now is that there needs to be a separation of military and civil powers. And there's not. It's becoming very, very, very prevalent on to the fact that both military and civilian law enforcement are merging. And you can't have that. Ever. Never, ever, ever, ever. Because it creates military law and people hate that. That's why it can never be done. Well, it can be done, it just won't. It just does not last long term. Now, with the core organization, there needs to be financial controls and provincial controls. Okay, what does that mean? Well, it means that there are two separate industries that need organization by the courts. Not by legislation or legislative branch. <laughs> They're the ones that are making the money. Which is all the reason why we need the court organization of the financial control and the provincial organization. The financial control and the provision, provincia, <laughs> provincial organization. Okay. Deciding what finances go where to what land is set to where to what to how. And of course, with that court organization, we need judicial instructions and correspondence. Okay. What that judicial and what those judicial instructions mean is into a specific literary way that everyone understands when that's done correspondence is correctly applied so again their core organization we will have we need to separate the military and civilian powers which is law enforcement we need to have financial control and provincial organization over the core organization and we need judicial instructions and correspondence through the easiest means of effectively describing what happens next for that communicative correspondence. And of course, 
Another area that we actually looked at for our information is called the World Gold Council. Okay, this this actually has up-to-date information more so than the Center for Financial Stability. The Center for Financial Stability is the data and analytics of how the financial market is really going. But for gold, <laughs> of course, we actually have statistics from July of last year where our country literally purchased 54.1 tons of gold. And then July of this year, it not only doubled that, okay, it almost tripled that, okay? We went from 54.1 tons last year, and we were in the less than three figures range of tons. We went from 54.1 tons to this month of July, or this month of July this year, yes, 166.3 tons. You heard that. Added an additional 166.3 tons. That's insane. That's, that's literal insanity. <laughs> By the past historical records, they always stayed in the two-figure range. But going to a six-figure range, this means there is a collapse coming. There is only literally so much precious metals in the world that can go around that going to the three-figure range, purchasing like a hundred and almost 170 tons within half the year, a little more than half the year. That's insane. So, with that being said, we're here to give you our free book on top of that, which is Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Now, why are we bringing that book up? It's very simple because we spoke about Aldous Huxley, who was a part of the New World Order, who was a part of the Fabian Society. So the Fabian Society goes back into all the other societies from birthed out of different secret societies throughout the centuries. Birthed back into the Priory of Zion, Zion or Priordision. Now, we're bringing this book about, even though we know Aldous Huxley is a part of the New World Order, here to show that they were intent on creating New World Order back when Aldous Huxley wrote his book, Brave New World. So you can see for sure they had their intent way back then for it to come to fruition today. Any continuing into the future. So that's just proof right there that says it. Like that's the most convenient truth to be shown to people of any place, anywhere, no matter where you're at. As long as you're near a library, Brave New World's going to be there. If it's not, that library has had a bunch of people check that book out. And if the library doesn't have it for sure, we have the internet. <laughs> it's there. But with that being said, we appreciate everyone listening so much to this awesome free information, this content. We always want to state 
our full entire purpose is to bring the facts with the truthful reality and the stories of people, where they came from, and what they went through, where they're at now, and how 95 to 99% of these people that come forward claim that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior and repent from their evil ways, that he died on the cross and rose three days later, shedding his blood once and for all, to rise three days later for having real, free, eternal life. And these people going from worshiping Satan, where they have made pacts where if they reveal, even just revealing the information, is a death sentence from the occult. So, they're literally going into a death sentence exposing this information. Just talking about it. Showing it, yes. <laughs> You'd be killed on the spot there. But that's only to be said if you are going to be in that position, being there, looking upon it. But, since I believe that myself, we hear it in the truth and love, believe that, we don't force our faith and belief upon anybody else. Again, these are just the facts with people's real stories and lining those facts up with their stories. With that being said, we appreciate everyone listening in, taking the time to learn all this free information. We are done with season one, going on to season two. That's right. Season two is going to have a whole lot more awesome free content. Until next time, peace out, y'all.